Hi, and welcome to the Hand in Hand Show, where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host. Um, We're welcoming today our guest, Roberta, who is here to tell us about her stroke journey. Welcome, Roberta. Hi, Roberta. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm glad you're here with us. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your life before the stroke and then your stroke? Uh, Before my stroke, I was a a bartender and a stay-at-home wife and a farmer. And uh, then it all changed on March 5th, 2016. We were working cattle and I came back in the house and I felt kind of funny. I blew my nose and next thing I knew, I collapsed in my sister's arms. Did you go directly to the hospital or did you kind of think I'll get better or? Oh, I couldn't. I completely collapsed. So my husband and my sister and my mother took me to the hospital right away. So at that point, did you, did they know or did you know that you were having a stroke or had had one? My family kind of thought so because my face was drooping on the left side. I had not a clue what what was going on and just knew I was in the hospital and then they sent me by ambulance to in the closest city to the bigger hospital, and that's when they did a CT scan and found out that I had an AVM rupture and a massive hemorrhagic strokes. How long were you in the hospital? I was in the university hospital for two weeks, and then I came back to my home hospital for two weeks before I went to the rehab hospital two months. About three months I was in the hospital. Wow. You just had this last year. Yeah. It sounds like you're maybe making progress. Yeah, I can walk now. I still can't use my left arm, though. Regarding your physical therapy, um, what kind of therapy did you have? What did they do? Can you describe what it was like for you in your, in your therapy sessions? At the rehab hospital, it was pretty good. We had a schedule every day. Like from nine till four, we had different classes. Like physical therapy, occupational therapy, like psychologists would see us. And also we had like, it was called brain injury group two. And it was teaching us about brain injury and the different side effects like dysphagia and depression and anxiety and all of that. And like the physical therapy was really good. Like occupational therapy, when we first started going to that, all they did was stretch my arm. And then we found out that I had spasticity in my arm and in my leg. So then I started Botox injections. Was speech affected at all? Did you have to go through speech therapy? I didn't go through speech therapy. But for the first, like, probably week or so, I had a hard time talking. And I was completely blind in my left eye. Wow. Obviously, the, the, the eye has corrected. You can see through your left eye now? Yes. Your speech sounds really good. Congratulations. Thank you. And then, like, after, well, after I was in the rehab hospital for three months, when I got out, I had to have an angiogram, and they found out that the first surgery didn't work. <gasps> the, the embolization didn't work. There was still a vein with blood going through it. 
So then I ended up having another surgery, a resection. That must have been an unpleasant realization to have to do that again. How did you feel about that? Uh, I was pretty anxious because I know like when they had my first surgery, they said it was pretty like complex and that there was like huge risks involved. But when they had second surgery, my neurosurgeon told me that the biggest risk was stroke or loss of my left arm. And you said, well, you've already had both of those. So now at this point, are you doing any outpatient therapy? Yes, I go to physio to work on my arm once a week, exercises at home. Are you diligent about working at home on your own? Not really. When I'm watching TV, I do my arm exercises. So. That's a good time. Yeah. Kind of slacking on the leg exercises, but. I get it. I didn't always do my exercises like I was supposed to. I know that you said that, you know, you were a farmer and other things. Are there things, though, that you can still go back and do now? Or are you Not still working towards that goal? Right now, it's just been working on my arm and trying to get used back and trying to learn how to function without it. Yeah, I understand that because that can be very difficult. What do you do other than your, your therapy and, and your exercise at, at home and things? Have you learned how to accomplish some things? Like um, even like cooking. I know we've talked to people who have trouble cook. cooking. I love to cook. I do most of the cooking at home. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite recipe? <laughs> um, lately, it's just been barbecued steak and baked potato. But That works for me. <laughs> where do you, where do you live? protein <laughs> diet, so first yeah. is protein. It's easy to cook. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, what what state are you in? Um, I'm in Canada, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I won't be running up for dinner <laughs> anytime soon. Yeah. My husband, who had a stroke, is is from Toronto oh, originally. Under a while. Yeah. Where do you live now? Uh, now I live in um, Lake Marathorpe, Alberta. So other than cooking, because that was a favorite thing of mine to do, and I still do it, it's just really difficult for me to cook mm -hmm. now. Sometimes, I mean, and I have use of both arms. I have, they're both weaker. But, you know, just cutting up several things or, um, you know, mixing up those cookies, I usually have to have somebody help me you know, when it's a lot of stuff like that. But, you know, I, I had to learn to compensate for different things like doing laundry and getting it up and down some stairs and things like that. So what kind of things have you learned um, to compensate with to get some of your maybe housework done or your cooking done? Do you have any tips or anything that you've learned? Well, I have my mom and my husband to help me a lot, so like folding laundry and yeah I used my daughter and I used different people to help me with different things and I learned how to do some things by myself but it's difficult yeah 
like I don't make casseroles or anything like that anymore. Like anything that's heavy to put in the oven. Because mm. it's just for me to do on my own. Yes. I understand that too, because I'm five years since my stroke and it's very difficult to get heavier pans in and out of the oven. I can do now lightweight pans. So if I make a batch of nachos or something, I can cut that out. But as far as you said, one hand, it's good. But if it requires two hands, I don't even try it. Yeah. Well, better to be always safe. Yeah, I was going to say safety is always the issue when you're working around that oven and that stove. Yeah. And then what else do you do for fun? Oh, I like to visit with friends and go for drives, although I can't drive yet. Ah. Well, you're still pretty new after your stroke. It's. It probably seems like forever for you, but for my husband's stroke was 26 years ago, and we'll, we're still learning and getting better. Yeah, I go in at the end of July, and hopefully I'll get my license back then. Yay! Uh, we use a spinner and different aids. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's all sorts of things out there that can help you as you drive. So I we're, we're giving you a, a big... I don't know, uh, happy like you're going to get this, or you've got this. Maybe that's what I should say, you've got this. You sure hope so. Exactly. It, just remember, you're always going to get better. This, this is not a permanent state right now. This is just a process. Yeah, it's just taking a little longer than I hoped, but I guess there's right. nothing to do about that. Yeah. patient and keep trying that's what I like to hear. Just to keep trying and being patient because it's, it's all about how you approach what you want. I never had patience before. This is a new thing for me. <laughs> I got over my fear and needles and strange people touching me. But Well, that's good. I, I've never gotten over either of those. <laughs> well, three months in the hospital kind of fixed that for me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Now, you mentioned your husband and your mother. Do you have children, too? I have a 12-year-old daughter. Ah, and how does she feel about this? How, what's her reaction to all of this? With her sister. She doesn't really have much to do with me anymore. Oh, how do you feel about that? Brittany tore up. But yeah. I can't force her to, so... Well, yeah, because that's just it. She got brought to the hospital, and there's mom laying there, and she didn't didn't know if mom was even going to survive the operation. So, right, and then you had to have the second one, you know, mm -hmm. the second operation to fix it again, and I'm sure that's got to be doubly scary. And it, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen, even you still don't quite understand the whole process or really what's going on. You just know that mom isn't being mom right now or can't be mom right now. I was a teacher for many years and I know that the kids at that age psychologically are really so focused on their own issues mm -hmm. uh, and just, just the concept of getting through each day. And she's probably middle school, right? Uh, grade seven. Junior yeah. High. 
that's really tough for them to think outside of themselves because they have all they can do. All those hormones are raging. So when something like stroke comes in, which just doesn't just affect mom, it also affects her and everyone else in the family. That's a really a, um, a huge psychological challenge for kids because they it's very difficult for them to make a shift to thinking about something other than themselves. It's just the way it is. It's part of their growth process. So hang in there, like Ham says. This is just a temporary thing for her. And just have faith that she will be back with you. And she still needs you and loves you as her mom. You're very important in her life. It'll all work out. There's where some of your patients will come back into play. <laughs> yeah. Been tested. Yeah. Big <laughs> time. Yeah, you know, the, the other thing that's funny with my daughter is, you know, not only do we have a, a better relationship now, but she actually works at the rehab hospital where I'd been. And she's working with stroke patients now, partly. I mean, some nights she's, she's on the brain injury floor and different things like that. She gets to see that it's not something I did or that I was doing to, to get at her or to whatever. So again, you know, have patience because I just was shocked when she told me she wanted to be a nurse and, and made a plan and then went to work at the rehab hospital. Well, it changed your daughter in remarkable ways. Look at the wonderful person she became because she got to experience this. She she stepped up to the plate big time, and I think that happens a lot of times with kids who get to experience this. And I say get to experience because although we think of stroke as something really horrible, if we look at some of the good things that happen, like the growth of your daughter, there are many positive things that come out as a result of this. So, Roberta, just keep on keeping on because it will it will come around. Do you have anything else you'd like to share with us about your stroke? What are you thinking you have about to. the future? What are your plans? Been thinking about opening up our own business and hopefully we'll be able to work in that. When you have a stroke, you can definitely reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a second chance to live, to move forward, to do different things and try different things. And I hope that that's something that you are trying to do. It sounds like it. I think she sounds very positive. And it's, like I said before, it's really so soon. She's got lots of time to make decisions. But she, it seems to me, Roberta, that you're making great progress as far as even thinking about making changes and doing things different. And the fact that you even contacted us today and wanted to be on this show is amazing. It, that just shows that, that you have hope for the future. And that's great. Yeah, and I also like want to help raise like awareness about stroke and brain injury and the outcomes afterwards that you know not everyone's a vegetable lying in the corner. Exactly, exactly. Are you in a in an actual stroke support group in your home area? No, I'm not, because there's like it's a small community, so there's not much out there. Well, there's an opportunity for you to start one. That's why I went, uh, like, I looked online for support. Okay. Yeah, the online Facebook pages are wonderful. Um, 
especially if you're in a rural or more rural area that doesn't have anything or it's a, a small town or, or uh, just uh, where you can't get to one. Because I know that that's a problem for some people. Well, that's the beauty of the internet. I mean, have you, are you on stroke focus yet? Yes, I am. Cool. What are you finding that helps you on there? Just to know, like, the, I love the physical therapy videos and just knowing that, you know, you're not the only one, you're not fighting it alone. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of people getting on board with that to help out of others, especially like you who are in more rural areas or small cities. It's really important that you get help. Yeah, because I think I would have probably lost my mind if I didn't find support groups. Yep. Absolutely. You need to know that you are not alone, that there's others of us out there. You know, friends so, are the same. Oh, I know. That's yeah. tough. They guess you're not the same person. So. Well, I looked at it like that for a while because it was my husband who has the stroke and I'm his caregiver. But in reality, we now have a whole different group of friends. And it's, it's just a lifestyle change. And we have wonderful new friends now. It's just, it's just different. That's all. There's wonderful people all over. And the beauty of being with an internet stroke group, you can hang out with people online and chat with them, other people who are like you, and it's a safe environment. There's, there's all sorts of opportunities to make new friends. And I understand the loneliness aspect of it because it gets really challenging when people just sort of disappear out of your life when this happens. Roberta, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we've enjoyed hearing your story, and I'm sure others are going to benefit from knowing um, your positive attitude and that, you know, you just keep going. And others will enjoy or, or like hearing that you're a recent stroke survivor and look at how far you've come so far. So thank you again for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. Your contribution has been very important for a lot of other people. So we're all grateful to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. The website address is https colon backslash backslash www.strokefocus.net. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala which in Mandarin means, I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.